Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Friday, January 12, 2024. At our top story today, we're talking U.S. real estate and in particular, U.S. re-outlook to 2024. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Harold Chin is with Fitch Ratings. Harold, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's a happy new year. Uh, in this segment, uh, well, we hope it's a happy new year around the world, um, and certainly wishing you and the Fitch team a happy new year. I want to start by looking backwards, and I want to look at 2023. Here we are, the, the second week of January. How did REITs do overall when you look back for 2023? Yeah, uh, 2023 was definitely a difficult year, right? So same with any other um, industry. Uh, REITs were definitely affected by sort of general slowdown fears, uh, increasing interest rates. Um, that definitely was, you know, very uh, salient for REITs and, um, you know, the overall banking turmoil that was in the headlines definitely uh, put a damper on on REITs' ability to raise new funds, right? Yeah, and, so and- our outlook at the beginning of the year for 2023 was uh, neutral and in the middle of the year, we uh, reduced that to deteriorating based on uh, ability to access capital, the bank turmoil, um, you know, geopolitical inst- instability. Those are all things that negatively affected REITs um, and definitely office REITs in particular. Um, I'm sure you and everybody else has been hearing about um, office buildings being empty, um, you know, hybrid work, how that's going to affect uh, commercial real estate. Um, so that was 2023. That's not to say that, you know, all REITs were negatively affected um, or that, you know, REITs were affected, you know, equally across the board. Um, definitely uh, things varied a lot by sector. Industrial REITs, for example, um, stuff like logistics and, and warehouses tended to do pretty well. Um, you know, necessity-based retail uh, wasn't meaningfully hit. Um, gaming REITs uh, did pretty well. Um, office obviously, uh, was hit pretty hard in general. That continues to be an area, uh, in which, you know, we're watching for further deterioration. Um, but, uh, I would say overall based on the backdrop of, you know, increasing, uh, interest rates, difficult lending environment, um, 2023 was, was difficult. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, certainly it's consistent with what we've covered uh, previously on the network, but at a very lay person's level. I think we, we talked more about it anecdotally. How did healthcare do? Because here we are post-pandemic for many of us, um, but we still need healthcare. We still need to go to the doctor. We still need to get surgeries. We still need the preventative care. How did healthcare do um, during the 2023 time period? Yeah, I think healthcare is very interesting. Um you know, obviously, healthcare was really negatively impacted during the pandemic because, you know, you couldn't have elective surgeries. People were advised to kind of stay home, um, and so uh, healthcare operators were, you know, really negatively impacted. They didn't have volumes. They weren't having that revenue come in. And over time, we have seen uh, occupancy at you know skilled nursing, uh, senior housing facilities continue to improve. Um, but stuff is not where it was pre-pandemic. Still. Um, for healthcare REITs, a lot of them have been able to kind of manage their risk profile um, through the pandemic and through those stresses, uh, even as occupancies may have been lower. 
I would say, you know, in general, the longer term sort of outlook for um, healthcare rates is sort of the recovery is continuing. It is slow because of, you know, reduced occupancy, um, nurse staffing shortages and, and wage increases, which is, you know, kind of negatively impacting healthcare rates ability to make money. Um, and uh, all of those things uh, are sort of improving slowly over time. Yeah, and that's that's I would say it's a good thing. We want to want to in particular we want the healthcare sector to constantly improve because we're going to need them uh, as we age. I want to finish up this segment by talking about bringing back up the commercial real estate sector. You talked about it. We've talked about it again on this network, Silicon Valley Bank. Some of the challenges there. Uh, what 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 about converting some of these office spaces to residential? Uh, from all accounts, it's not easy to do. Um, and so does that help out some of these uh, office owners, the people that are owning either the REIT or actually own the physical property themselves? Yeah. Um, you know, I will kind of preface by saying that office is generally not my area of expertise. Sure. But that being said, um, I think, you know, office or residential conversions are a useful method in terms of taking properties that are not, you know, gold star office properties and kind of giving them another use. Um, that being said, I would say that it's not sort of a panacea. It is very expensive. Um, you know, zoning issues mean that not every office building can be converted to residential. Um, you know, there's a whole conversation there. Um, and the other thing is that the office REITs that we cover, um, although you do kind of hear about this uh, overall impacts to office, and the office REITs certainly are not, um, you know, unaffected by that. Uh, they tend to own better properties, higher quality properties. And so even though, again, we are kind of looking at the negative impacts um, to them as to you know all office, the REITs in particular uh, are more insulated from sort of the worst effects of lower quality office properties that really uh, you know, are not going to see a good recovery from um, you know, pandemic work from home trends. Um, they tend to kind of have you know, better best-in-class properties and stuff like that. Thanks, Harold. I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll dive further into the REIT outlook for 2024. Should you be an investor, you're going to want to stay tuned right here. DRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you got to start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. 
The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're going to change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Harold, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a fun conversation. Um, and, we, you know, we did a look back in, in the first segment. Now, let's look ahead in 2024. So you, you already prefaced that in 2022, I think you had a, you, meaning Fitch, had a negative interpretation um, of, of the, or neutral, it was neutral, but then it, it shifted towards negative. Looking at 2024, we're only two weeks in, how does the REIT market look to Fitch? Yeah, we, we put out our 2024 outlook um, last month, and the outlook for 2024 for us continues to be deteriorating. Um, that's all relative. Um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, e- even in 2023, when things are deteriorating, there were sort of winners and losers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certain sectors such as industrial were doing better. Um, certain sectors such as office were doing worse. Um, and when we say deteriorating, it's all relative. Um, so even though we continue to expect, you know, industrial, the industrial sector, for example, to, you know, be relatively strong, growth is going to be muted um, from where we expected them previously. Um, and so when we say deteriorating, again, we're kind of looking at overall, you know, Fitch expects sort of a, you know, weaker growth environment for 2024. Uh, we're not calling for a recession at this point, um, but all that the same, you know, the first half of 2024, we expect will still be sort of weaker in terms of growth. Um, that's going to affect operators. That's going to affect REITs. Um, and, you know, the market conditions still remain choppy. Interest rates are high. Um, there are expectations for interest rates to kind of decline over time. Um, but whether that will actually happen is anybody's guess. Um, and so, you know, our, our view for 2024 uh, for the overall REIT uh, sector is, is declining, is deteriorating. Yeah, you mean you're not in the same conversations that Jay Powell and the Board of Governors is about that? Because I, I was—I'm not in there either. But I thought, assumed you—you you might be. Uh, Harold, um, are there? You, you mentioned some of the sectors. Um, I want to ask you about the geopolitical tensions. I don't want to talk about the politics of it, but does some of that weigh into uh, the impact on equity? We equity REITs, for example, uh, is the conflict going on in the Middle East, uh, the war in Ukraine, other things that pop up, how, will that have an impact? Could that have an impact on 2024 REIT performance? Um, I'm not sure how much of a direct uh, impact those things would have, but I mm-hmm. think in terms of, you know, when you look at the impact of overall, ge- overall geopolitical instability, um, you know, how confident uh, are, um, you know, consumers, um, things like that it could have an impact. It's difficult for me to really speculate too much more on it. Uh, it's not my area of expertise. Well, Harold, um, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I, I apologize or I apologize to you, but I appreciate your, your insight. Um, with that being said, I mean, REITs have a very important, comp- are a very important component for a lot of different types of portfolios. And you would expect, I would expect, I want to ask you, would you expect REIT allocations, even given some of the challenges we've had in 2023, 
and perhaps in 2024, allocations to continue with people still investing in REITs. I mean, there's still a need for offices, maybe not at the same level. There's still a need for retail. People are clearly buying. In fact, they're running up a lot of debt. So is there still use for the REIT in the overall portfolio of an endowment, a foundation, a pension, or even a personal uh, investor? Yeah, I think, you know, when you look back at sort of the establishment of, you know, the REIT profile or the REIT structure, rather, um, it was to allow people to kind of invest into real estate without necessarily having to, you know, own individual properties. Right. And I think, you know, as we look forward, um, you know, REITs, uh, you know, the structure is very interesting because they are um, dependent on markets for uh, fundraising, but at the same time, they dividend out. Um, a meaningful portion of their earnings. Um, and they are the landlords, right? They are kind of at the base level. Um, they have a little bit of insulation generally from the underlying uh, operations. So they tend to be, um, you know, sort of less cyclically exposed uh, than the, the individual operators. So I think, uh, you know, when we look at the REITs, there's a reason why, um, the vast majority of them are rated investment grade by Fitch, right? It's because of that stability, um, the uh, ability to manage capital, uh, the overall, you know, strength of the credit profile. Um, and so, you know, when people look at those to invest, I think those are sort of the strengths that they want to look at and whether or not they will sort of allocate at, um, you know, more or less uh, of an individual asset type, um, you know, there's certainly risks and strengths with each one. Um, and, you know, obviously we see that in terms of office at the moment, um, but also in terms of individual operators within those asset types. Yeah. Well, it's certainly going to be an interesting 2024. Harold, we really appreciate you coming on the program and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Yeah. Thanks so much. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Weekly. Jane King will be joining us from the NASDAQ to help break down markets for the week. And then we'll be taking a look back at some of our best segments. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget... Roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts. So you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.